Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 159, week 159, volume 159, number fucking 159. How you going guys, how's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Patrick of Caliban, and that will be coming up later in the show. Let's kick things off with feedback, questions, what's been going on. We got a question this week from Simo. Simo asked, why do I always ask for assistance with sharing, rating and review? The stark reality is the Mosh Zone is a tiny fish in the big podcast pond. This show isn't hosted by someone who was in a band or is in a band. This isn't run by a podcast network. This is just run by a dude in Australia who's obsessed with his heavy metal music. I've got a passion for podcasting. I used to be in radio. So this is my drive. I'm not doing this to fill a gap. I'm doing this because I love it. But the reason I ask for shares, ratings and reviews is since we're a tiny fish, we need assistance becoming a big fish. Now the way you do that, and a very simple way of doing that, is by people spreading the word. I can only get this show out to a certain amount of listeners. So, when people share, when people rate, when people review, it helps it grow. It helps it get out to more listeners. Step by step, we're going to build this show into a big show. So everyone that's been here since day one or since last week, you're in for the ride. Let's grow this show. So enough of that. Enough of the ramblings. Let's get into the main part of the show. This week, I got to sit down with Patrick of Caliban. First thing i got to say, thank you so very, very, very much, dude, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. So, who's Caliban? If you do not know who Caliban are, I'd be very surprised. But in case you don't, the band formed around 97, 98. Patrick joined the band around 2003. Since Patrick's been in the band, they've had eight albums and a couple of EPs. Caliban are about to release a new EP called Zeitgeister. Comes out May 14th. Now, style-wise, this band is metalcore. They are German metalcore heavyweights. This band, without a doubt, are in the top echelon of the game. They've been around for so long, and they're always delivering killer fucking albums. Caliban have been a favourite of mine, and I don't say that lightly, since probably around 2000. They were a band that when I started this podcast, they are on the bucket list, and after a lot of persistence, finally got them on the show. So this meant a lot to me. Ticked off the bucket list, but not only that, but Patrick was an outstanding fucking guest. Insight, entertainment, really, really good chat. That chat with Patrick is coming up now. So everyone gets the same question to start off with, and that is, do you remember a band, not a heavy band, but a band that you discovered at a young age that opened your world to music being something that existed? Um, yeah, it's it's difficult to uh, yeah, name one uh, band because my father was a drummer in a very famous band in Germany as well. They were called the Silhouettes, mm. and they were like in the 60s, uh, 70s, 
and um, yeah, he was uh, well known in Germany, and they had like the the chance to tour with the Kings and stuff. So uh, I grew up um, because my mother loved the Beatles, of course, from this uh, time. So that was like maybe my first uh, music uh, thing I had to listen to because my my mom was jamming Beatles all the time. So probably this was my really first thing to know there's something really cool out there. So when you're growing up, music, you know, obviously if your dad's a drummer, music is part of the household. Like obviously music's played all the time. Did, did that help you yes. discover a passion for music? Like, where do you think your passion started from a young age? Yeah, probably uh, because of my dad, because he took me out to shows when I was like three, four, five years old. I was joining them on stage with an, not a real guitar, but I was standing there like <laughs> pretending I'm playing, you know, and uh, this was uh, really, really uh, cool. And we had the chance to play uh with his uh, second band um, as support from uh, Truck Stop. It's Ooh. a very big um, uh, band in Germany as well. They do like country music and stuff. And uh, at the race thing, uh, Nürburgring, mm -hmm. it's uh, like only 45 minutes away from me. And my father was playing there once, once a year because of the Truck Grand Prix we had mm -hmm. on Nürburgring. So I was joining him with his shows and tours and everything. So probably that was a reason why I started playing an instrument as well. I wanted to be a guitarist since I was like a very young guy, but I don't know. I, I couldn't handle this with my fingers and stuff. <laughs> and then when I uh, had the age of 13 and was a little rebel because of my... I don't know the English word, but pubertad, you know, when your mm. mindset is changing and everything because you are 13, 14 years old and you become a really asshole as a teenager, <laughs> you know. Uh, my mom said to my father, okay, now it's like the point where you have to decide. You want to be like a father for a family or you want to be a drummer in a touring band. And um, yeah, he decided to stay with the family, of course, because there was a young rebel growing up. <laughs> and so we had the drum set in our cellar. Mm -hmm. And um, I was sitting there and like the really first time I was sitting behind the drums, I could play like one thing. And it showed me, okay, maybe this is like uh, a better thing to me than a guitar. So I changed my, my view on instruments and yeah, so I became a drummer. Wow, so it was, it was, in a way, it was by chance. It was just by chance that your dad stayed home and by chance that switched you into drumming. Um, yes, yeah. So, I mean, obviously having a dad who's a drummer, was he starting to teach you or did you just simply, as you said, sit behind the kit and learn? No. no. I, I did everything by myself. My father, he did everything by himself mm -hmm. um, because I'm not a really... Uh, a play a drum player with a technique mm -hmm. you know I, I had a, a podcast like two weeks ago with the drummer of Matzen. it's a, a, a german band and we are good friends and he was like hey patrick when i see you behind the drum kit you had lessons and lessons and lessons because your technique is so unique and so good to watch 
And I said, no, I, I did everything by myself. You know, when I started with playing like 160 p.m. and my arm was falling apart, I had to think about, okay, what, what do you can do better to get faster? Mm -hmm. But um, that time, you, you know, I'm, I'm uh, 46 now. So it's mm -hmm. like uh, 30 years ago, we, we, we didn't have the chance to watch uh, YouTube tutorials or anything, you know. And I hadn't the money... And my parents were like, oh, okay, we don't want to pay you like drum lessons because we don't know if it's just a hobby or because it's very expensive and blah. But then they saw that I was really focused, focusing on playing drums. But then, yeah, I was getting my own technique and did everything by myself. So did you have, you know, a lot of people that take up an instrument, they have someone that they're looking towards as an inspiration or a motivation. So at that age, you know, are you looking to a certain drummer as the pinnacle of what you want to achieve? My favorite drummer of all time is Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Yeah. You know, that was like my biggest inspiration when I was like 13, 14 years old. You know, I, we, we had a house. And my, <clears throat> my room was very up and the drum set was in the cellar. And I hadn't like a, a, a CD player or anything in the cellar. So I had to go to my room. I was like practicing on my knees, Slayer songs and stuff, you know. Then I was going downstairs into the cellar to my drum kit. I was playing this song and I said, okay, fuck, I missed this break. How, how is this? Uh, blah. I went upstairs, listened to the song again, was practicing on my knees, went downstairs. My mother was like, oh, dude, what are you doing? I said, okay, I have to learn this song. So, yeah, definitely Dave Lombardo was my biggest inspiration. And when I listened to uh, demo tapes from my very first band, you know, when I was like 15 years old in school, I was playing all these Slayer parts, you know, snare, tom, <laughs> It was fun. Yeah, biggest inspiration. So, uh, you know, you mentioned Slayer in there. So Slayer was obviously a big band for you as a kid. But, I mean, for some people listening, they maybe, you know, don't get into Slayer at a young age. Some people don't. But what was your reason, do you think, that you gravitated to heavy music? Because some people hate heavy music and it takes a certain thing. You said you were rebellious. Do you think it was part of that? Probably, yes. Mm. You know, probably it was like the thing why you get your first tattoo. Mm. You want to be something, so, someone different. You want to be like outstanding out of the mainstream thing. And maybe my mindset was like this, not, not being one of all. Mm. You know, I wanted to be something beside. I wanted to be something different. And maybe I've, I found my mindset in the music, in getting tattooed and stuff with 17, my first, you know. And, yeah, I wanted to be something different. And, um, yeah, I, I'm still sticking on heavy music, you mm. know. Mm. So, I mean, when you're, you know, you mentioned in there 12 to 15, obviously are kind of the pinnacle years of learning and adjusting into being a drummer. What do you like with high school? Because are you focused solely on drums or is your mum and dad saying, look, Patrick, you need to have a career map here? Exactly, yeah. 
my parents were like, okay, you know how hard it is like to be really a drummer in a famous band, blah. They were like saying, Patrick, I know we, we totally love you and it's good to have dreams and to focus on something, but you have to do like school and everything, get a normal life and do music as much as you can, but please like do something normal, you know? <laughs> And yes, of, of course, I did it. I, I did my high school, you know, I, I had a job and everything. Uh, so I was working uh, as a salesman uh, in, an, uh, in an office for years before, like, the career started, you know. But I was always, like, focusing on, on music, on different bands. Every time when I saw, okay, I can, I can get a little bit higher on the ladder. Um, so... I joined a different band because um, in, in every band in the beginning I was playing, um, like we were five dudes, but I was the only one who was really like fighting for getting mm. forward, mm. you know, for, for the rest of the, the guys, um, they were like in their jobs or in, in, in studying and they were like, okay, yeah, music is a hobby. It's good that we have here and there a show, but um, yeah. That's it. But my dream and my focus was always like be a drummer, maybe someday in a in a famous band. And it was like a dream for years, of course. And then when it happened, it was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's quite an essential thing. You know, you mentioned early bands. It's an essential motivation that kind of makes or breaks a lot of people in their early years. You need that force behind you mentally that says I want to do this and you have to push through the hard times the bad times and the learning curve to get to where you did it's important it is important yeah and we had no social media these days you know mm -hmm. so you had to do something to get known with your bands you know every time when i do interviews uh, sometimes uh, people or younger kids now asking okay what 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 is the thing to be well known in in the music scene or what i have to do and i said okay i don't know 30 years back it was <laughs> like we had to play in every fucking show we were going with no money to every city we played our ass off. We were sleeping on floors in in houses somewhere. You know, when I look back to the first uh, U.S. tours we did, you know, we were selling like five T-shirts to get like five gallons of, uh, of, of gas to get to the next show. We had a sign uh, on at our merch booth, like need a place to stay. So we were like 40 days in the States touring with without really sleep. We were crashing on some floors and private houses and stuff because we had no money even for a motel mm. you know and that was the thing like when you really really want it and you are so focused on something you have to do this in my opinion mm. you have yeah. to eat shit sometimes you know yeah, and I think, you know, I'm I'm nearly 40 myself, so I know the time you're talking about, you know, no social media. It's about the hard work and the hard yards that you put in. You you reap the rewards. Um, an interesting thing you mentioned there, which I think some people forget about, is a local scene. And for you, what was it like growing up? Did you have 
a vibrant place where local bands were playing? And if so, yeah. were you going to gigs a lot as a, at a young age? Yes, yes, yes. We have a very strong scene here in my area. Uh, the city is called uh, Koblenz. Mm -hmm. So Koblenz is where the Rhine River and the Moselle are coming together. So it's very famous in Europe because it's uh, also uh, a very big uh, wine mm. uh, uh, area. And we had a, a very, very strong metal hardcore punk scene here. So, of course, we had uh, some, some venues called uh, Subculture and uh, Dreams and Logo, where all these little hardcore shows were, were going on, you know. And so, like 25 or 30 years back, that was like Caliban, for example. We have, our best friends are Heaven Shall Burn, mm. you know. And then back in the days in the hardcore scene, they were in East Germany. We were in West Germany. So we said, okay, you have to play here in our area. So we invited them to play hardcore shows with us in our area. And of course, next weekend or a month later, uh, Heaven Shall Burn said, okay, Calvin, you have to join us here in our city, uh, playing in front of us, blah, 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 blah. And so this connection in this scene was very strong and very helpful, of course. Did you have, you know, when you were also coming through the ranks with the early bands before you joined Caliban, were there local bands that you were looking at and looking to that were getting out of Germany? You know, it's one thing to uh, look at a local band and say, I want to be like them, but it's quite a thing to have a band in your area that's getting outside of your, you know, country, yeah. per se. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we have a, a, our head, head, half, whatever, um, a thrash band called Pura Kanda. Mm -hmm. And I was playing with my uh, punk band like in 92 uh, in front of... Um, no, we were playing with the Spambirds. You know this band? Spambirds. Yeah. Yeah. And I was 17 years old and the bass player of Pura Kanda was joining the show as well. And Pura Kanda was like the first band in my area who got a, a record deal who could play outside germany like in europe and stuff and of course as a, a metal kid or hardcore kid with 17 i was looking like okay they did it you know so it's not impossible because sometimes you think um, all the bands you are listening to is like slayer metallica and tracks uh, agnostic front whatever they are all from 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 the states or or UK, mm. and it it seemed sometimes that no German band can do this, you know. So th that was in my mind. Of course, there were uh, Sodom and Creator, Destruction, and all these bands, but they were from a different city, from a bigger city, you know. So everything seemed like okay. Nobody from this little town, from this area, can do such big things. Yeah, and then the bass player showed up uh, of Pyrakanda and said, okay, our drummer is like leaving the band. I saw your show. What do you think about like rehearse with us and see if we can do something together? And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. You know, <laughs> I, I saw this band in newspapers and stuff. And now the bass player is like talking to me and I can like rehearse and see what's going on. Yeah. And I did it, so I had the chance to play with Pura Kanda like for a few years, 
yeah, and that was probably like the the rolling stone for my career. That's mm-hmm. quite yeah. it's quite a quite a thing that you get those little benchmark moments, and that also spurs you on and motivates you to keep going. Um, but before you joined Caliban, which was around two thousand three, two thousand four, what did you feel like your career was on an upward? path like did you think you were going places because you mentioned the bands were not as motivated or seeing it as a hobby so did you think you were on the right path in the right direction i was to me i was on the right uh, way mm. um of course purakanda was a band who could play in europe but they are also had their jobs and they said okay we don't want to do this professional we we take it easy we play shows in in, in the Netherlands or in Austria, like at the weekends, but we don't want to do this full time. But now I was in a band and got different connections, you know, like connections to different bands, different people, different musicians. And so, um, yeah, I, I did the next step as well that I uh, came together with some hardcore kids from a band called Gomorra. Mm-hmm. And they were like in the hardcore scene, pretty strong. It's like more, more crust, crust core. And they wanted to do something like a side project. And I joined them as a drummer. And we called this band Six Reasons to Kill. Mm. And that was like the first time where I had the feeling that everybody is like really focusing on music. Because then it started with not having really big tours, but we could play everywhere. We were sleeping on floors and, but everybody was so like, yes, we want to do this. You know, we want to play and do and whatever. And I remember when we were on tour with Hatebreed for a few shows, when Hatebreed were like the first time in Europe. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, yes, this is what I really, really want to do. Like, go out there it, it doesn't matter if i sleep on couches on floors in my sleeping bag but i want to do this so bad you know and yeah and so it came step by step by step band by band and uh, so um of course because of the hardcore scene um we played shows with heaven shall burn and caliban and um yeah we had Andy uh, as a guest vocalist for a uh, song for Six Reasons to Kill. And um, so we were known with Caliban. And I don't know, may- maybe half a year later, uh, someone showed up and said, hey, Patrick, um, have you heard about um, that Caliban are looking for a drummer for US run? And I said, okay, uh, no, I, I didn't hear anything about it. Yeah, but maybe I can... Uh, uh, talk to Caliban and maybe um, it's it's cool for you. Yeah, and um, so uh, Caliban were on tour with uh, Biohazard, um, Terra, Do or Die mm. on a European run. And they played, as, as I said before, like in one uh, location in my hometown, in subculture. And so I was talking to Mark, the guitar player of... Um, of Caliban, he said, "Okay, yeah. Right after this tour, last show is in Berlin. The next day, we fly out to the states for two weeks. Uh, maybe you want to join." I said, "Okay, yes. So, how do we rehearse? 
we can't rehearse because we are on tour and right the next day we fly to the States, you know. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how can I do this? I mean, like, he said, okay, uh, America is different. We play only 20, 20 minutes, so five to six songs. You don't have to learn more. And I said, okay, I can handle this. Yes, I will. So I was like rehearsing the Caliban songs the same I told you before. I was running through the house, you know, <laughs> listening upstairs in my room to Shadow Hearts album, was running downstairs into the cellar to my drum kit, was drumming again on my knees and everything. Yeah, and I was learning these songs. And then I was uh, going to Munich and joined the band for one week on this European run. I was sleeping in the nightliner, like in a tour bus on the floor because they had no bunks, bunks left. They were uh, um, sharing the bus with Biohazard, Terra, and Caliban, and I was sleeping like mm. downstairs. Yeah, and every night in this bus was raging, you know, drinking, party, mayhem all over the place. So I had like maybe one hour of sleep every day because I was sleeping downstairs in the lounge. Everybody was climbing <laughs> over me. And, and I said, okay. This is what I want to do. <laughs> this is what I'm focusing on. Yes, being a rock star. Cool. <laughs> being in a tour bus. Yes. So Biohazard were uh, pretty uh, cool dudes. And they uh, said, okay, Caliban can do every day like 30 minutes more um, of sound check. Because so I had the chance at least to play three, four times the songs with them until we left for the States. And the very first show I played uh, with Caliban ever was in Worcester, the New England Metal and Hardcore Fest. Ooh. You know, yes, that was my thing, you know, headlining mm. Lamb of God, Killswitch Engage, and all these bands, you know, was like in 03. And I was like, fuck, dude, I'm going to America, play my very first show with a very band I never played with. And I'm fucking play this big festival. It's insane. Yeah. It was insane. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, it's also, I mean, clearly at this stage, Caliban also were on its way to becoming a name. You know, I use name very loosely. You know, we are, we are an underground style of music. But in the realm of underground music, if you're getting out to America and playing New England, you know, metal and hardcore fest, it's obviously a band that's becoming established. Did that play any nerves into you as well? Not only are you having to quickly learn songs, but you're now on a, another pedestal. You're up a gear. Yeah, I, I, I knew that Caliban and Heaven Shall Burn, they were like in Europe, the hardcore bands. Mm. We were saying hardcore bands when we get this deal with Roadrunner Records. Of course, the press and the media were saying, okay, uh, it's no hardcore band, it's metalcore, blah, blah, blah. But I knew this band is huge because when they played like uh, shitty little shows in Germany or in Europe, but they, they had like 800 people and stuff. And that was insane, you know? And so, of course, I knew Caliban is like something in the scene now. And it showed me that a lot because we were the German band going to America. I mm. mean, what? Hardcore band is going to Amer uh, America. 
But we were playing all these shows, you know, with bands like Killswitch Engage or Meshuga or whatever. And that was insane. And then in my head, it was like, wow, Caliban, this is like going to a really big thing, I guess. You know, and, and then we did this tour and we had a hardcore management, a, a guy, you know. And when we came back to Europe, uh, Caliban was asking, okay, uh, Robert is not ready to play because he's studying and maybe he's really uh, uh, like turning around to the band and maybe you want to join us. And I said, yes, of course, I'm really into it and I like it and I... I'm totally honored because now I can play in front of like thousand people instead of 36. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, okay, I want to do this and let's see. And in Caliban, I had the right feeling again that um, like the most of them wanted to do this, like wanted to be on the road and play music. So we came back to Europe and I had the chance to play a few festivals with them. And, but they never really talked to me like that I'm becoming a permanent member now. And um, then we had this uh, festival coming up with Full Force Festival in Germany. Mm -hmm. And I knew about this festival. It was a very big one for the scene. And I said, okay, I don't want to play this festival next weekend. And they, they were like, what the fuck? What? We, we need you with this. It's like the biggest show in Europe. We ever play, blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, because um, I have two different bands back home and I'm not playing with them because I'm joining you guys all the time. I want to stay, but you're not really like, mm. yeah, pushing it, you know, and telling me, okay, I'm a permanent uh, member now. So I'm not ready to play next weekend. I know I was a little bit an asshole, but I wanted to like force them to tell me what's going on, you know. Mm. And I, I think uh, I, I did a good step because they said, okay, let's do this. Uh, you can be like our drummer now. We talked to Robert, but Robert uh, was totally fine because he wanted to study and do different things. Yeah. Great. And that was uh, that was probably you know the smartest move you ever did was force them to formally announce you or bring you yes, in. Yes, yes. Because what I tell you is like we are playing this festival on Saturday, like a huge crowd. We were playing the hardcore bowl. It was like ten thousand people in a big tent, and like on Monday, our manager was like calling us, and he said sit down it's unbelievable we have like seven record deals coming up like roadrunner were asking for us century media nuclear blast spv bmg sony everybody we were like what the fuck <laughs> you know but i totally remember the show we we were like playing 35 minutes or something and we were destroying this place it was like one mental show to me till till today you know it's like now it's like 23 years ago or something mm, mm. Uh, well, 20 years ago one of those record labels you did actually join for a while which was roadrunner and it it's for for the band it was in quite an important move because listeners may not or may know that at this time around the early 2000s 
Roadrunner was, along with the other labels, but it was one of the it labels. It seemed to just be such a hot thing. And the sound that Caliban were doing, any band that was of any ilk was on Roadrunner as well. Um, That was a very big move for you guys because that's how you came to my attention. I was a kid that, you know, I was probably, I was early 20s. I went to the record store, saw Caliban, saw the Roadrunner label, bang. I don't know what it is. I'm buying it because it's Roadrunner. Mike. Exactly. It was exactly the same to me. Mm. You know, when I went, went to a record store, I haven't heard about a band. But when I turned around the CD and I saw the red label Roadrunner, I bought it because mm. I said, okay, this band is on Roadrunner. It fits to my music style, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I totally feel you. And that was the reason why we decided to take the deal with Roadrunner in the beginning, because we said, okay, Central Media, Nuclear Blast, it's very cool, but they are more in like in true metal mm-hmm. style. And Roadrunner mm-hmm. were like a, a little bit more outstanding, having bands like Slipknot and Sepultura and all these bands. So we decided like, to go to Roadrunner and that was like mind blowing because I wanted to have this so bad, like this red label in the back of my CD, you know, when I had the opposite from within and I had this CD in my hands, it was like, dude, crazy. And that album, I mean, opposite from within and then the next one, Undying Darkness, seemed like they were really pivotal, pivotal albums in that era of you know, metalcore. I know you guys called yourself hardcore, yeah. but very pivotal in the area of era of metalcore. Did they really just kind of rocket you guys out the gate? Yes, but but I, I couldn't grab it. What mm-hmm. was happening? Mm-hmm. You know, right now, like with a few years of having this, I can say, like in '03 to O maybe when the metal core scene was so 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 strong we had a very good position worldwide and especially in Europe but I couldn't grab it that time you know to me some someday it felt normally that we had a release show for the undying darkness and we drew more than 3,000 people Oof. you know that was crazy but in some way it was like yeah okay <laughs> But it, because I, 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 I don't know, it was too much for my brain and for, for my emotions and everything. It was like, yeah, it's okay like to play twice a year in the same city in Cologne and have almost 2,000 people twice a year in the same venue. You know, uh, now I know because the scene is like getting a little bit lower. And of course, a lot of bands has uh, uh, was falling apart and, and stuff. And I'm very happy that Caliban is still on the run. But now I see that wasn't a normal thing, like mm. having so many people all the time at a- every show. No, I know. But that time I was so, it was so mind blowing that I couldn't get it. What's happening right now? Well, yeah. you guys, it was also, did you have a sense of pride in the early years and especially now as well, that all the bands around you were American, but you guys were the ones that were mixing it with them 
but you were German. Like you were like the outside country that was doing what they were doing, if not better, because that was pretty rare at that stage. All the bands were English or um, American, and there was exactly, yeah. Caliban in there on the same level. Yeah, of course. It was like, yeah, an honor. Like, as I said, I, I couldn't believe bands like Megadeth or Metallica, Slayer, blah, blah, blah. They, they were from America. But now, like 10 years later, I was playing in a band with all these bands together, and it was very rare. You know, you had like 20 bands on a festival and one German band. Mm. Everybody was from the States, from UK, from Australia, from whatever. But there was one German band like playing in between all these bands, and that was Caliban. And that was an honor, and it was like, wow, totally Mind blown, yeah. I love it. It's amazing, man. Like, and it, it's it. I think also it's probably what drew some fans to you was just for the fact that they were like, "Oh, here's not an American band. I'm going to go check them out because they're not American." And then they see you guys and they go, "Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm into this. Like, this is like because that was the thing. You guys, especially in the early years, musically you were on par with everyone. But I think you started to really switch gears when you switched to Century Media. And that was around Say Hello to Tragedy. Because then you guys, it sounds, from an outsider, you guys started to get a bit darker. You know, you still got the elements of everything else. But it's like you guys got really pissed off. Like you really angry. Yeah. But I don't know. We had this break when we were uh, losing uh, Roadrunner Records. So we had like... Maybe a rough time. It was uh, around 07, 08. <clears throat> because we hadn't the chance um, being on the road that much. So we, we lost the market America. What mm-hmm. we were fighting for like all those years. We were twice a year in America doing like six to eight, eight week tours. And then we had this uh, thing with Roadrunner because Roadrunner had a change from America. The the German office were closed, and yeah, they had like an, doing something in the inside. I don't know, and it was really rough. So we were there, not having a label, and no tours were coming up. And we were maybe that was a reason why we were like so pissed because. We were playing our asses off. We were on the road like 250 days a year, you know. We wanted to have this so much and wanted to do this. And we were going all over the world playing shows. And then from now to then, it was like, oh, mm. okay. I, I wasn't uh, scared about not getting in uh, a record deal again because Caliban was Caliban that, that day. But we had to figure out, okay, who is doing the best job for us and what are we going to do now? What label is interesting for us, you know? And like, um, yeah, doing it like we want to do it. And yeah, then we, we we found Century Media and because they are from close to the hometown of, uh, uh, of Caliban, like in the Ruhrpott area in the middle of Germany. And um, yeah, we, we had a good feeling and so we did like say hello to tragedy, you know, but mm. probably we had all this bullshit in our heads and maybe that's the reason why this album turned out so dark. A lot of 
political things and uh, were happening in Germany as well. So this is the first time that Caliban is a little bit more in politics mm. with the lyrics. Normally, uh, Andy is a, a, about like his heart aching, love lost, blah, blah, blah. But that was the first time when we were like uh, writing songs, uh, yeah, more about politics and uh, things that happened in in Germany or worldwide. Well, it was also, you know, it was the start of, you know, I looked, I always look back at how it's not really a great indication, but charts indication is always a good indication, I think, of how an album is received. You guys just steadily keep going and keep going and it seemed to, from Say Hello to I Am Nemesis to Ghost Empire, it's just like you guys are becoming like heavyweights in the game. Um, bigger tours, you know, you guys are going from being like kind of opening or near opening to like middle to starting to doing some headlining. Um, you guys, momentum, it seems like you're unstoppable, really, from from this point onwards in your career, it seems like the momentum is so big behind you that, you know, you could kind of do any move you wanted to do. So my question that I'm kind of long-windedly getting to is how do you guys keep making music that is refreshing and exciting to you? Because it's got to be a challenge to make a new album without sounding repetitive because each album, while it has elements of the same, they're never the same. Each of those albums that I mentioned, those three, Say Hello, Nemesis, Empire, all different, completely different yeah. sounding. So how do yeah. you challenge yourself to make an album? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, um, yeah, and the first thing is that we want to do music. This mm -hmm. is what we are living for, you know. Every part in the band wants the same you know, this is why I'm so happy to have Caliban because in 03, 04, when we took uh, Marco to the band and since 2004, we are in this same band piece, mm. you know, like us five now for 70, 18 years now together with without uh, any changes. And um, yeah, this is what we want to do. You know, we know a lot of bands. We listen to a lot of music, different music, if it's country or if it's Cannibal Corpse. You know, we love everything and we try not to sound the same on every album. Mm. I, I know I have uh, different bands. They're like writing an album, sounds one like the other, but they have like success with it. That's, that's totally fine and totally okay to me. But we are like artists. We say, okay, we don't want to sound all the, the, the same. Let's try something new. Do this, do that, do a different sound, do a different vibe of a different music genre into our sound. Let's, because I'm an artist. We, we want to do something different. And I think artists have to do this, you know? If there's not only the color red, there's green and black and yellow. And yeah, so mix it all together to do like a very, very unique thing and a new thing as well. And this, I, I think it's the love to music that we try, yeah, to show. The passion and intensity that you guys give out is why fans get into it. 
Um, no matter what album it is, you can't deny the energy and intensity and honesty in those albums. But, I mean, do you guys ever... You clearly don't, but I'll ask the question anyway. Do you ever worry how the diehard Caliban fans are going to react to a shift in the music? Because Elements in 2018, I think that's the most dramatic of all the albums. It's quite different in some elements. Cliché, but... Yeah, yeah but, but in, in the first way, we are doing music because we want to play music and it's our music. If you like it, that's totally awesome, and I appreciate. If you say, hey, Caliban, um, Gravity sounds different than Elements, but I like Gravity more than Elements, okay, good. So listen to Gravity. Mm. You know, in the first place, we are writing music because we love it this way, this time. And we are not like writing music for our fans. If you like the music, if you like find yourself in the music, perfect. Mm. If you say, oh, this album sucks, okay. So maybe listen to older ones or maybe listen to the next one. I don't know. You know, a lot of old Caliban fans were like, oh, because when the music was were getting more metal or the productions uh, were sounding more heavy and more clean of course the hardcore kids were like you sound so different i like uh, shadow hearts more or better and um, the very old one like the vent area <laughs> and i said yes it's fine but we are the artists we want to do something different because we are doing it for us and we have to be happy with it mm -hmm like it or not it's up to you but i'm writing music because we want to write our music well it's also you know bands who did metalcore around the early 2000s a lot of them haven't lasted there are the exceptions of the rule which are bands like Killswitch, bands like caliban you know you need to progress and you need to evolve Otherwise, you'll keep doing the same album and pitter out and die out, which a lot of those bands did. All those, there would have been a lot of bands you toured with around 2004 that aren't around today. Yeah. So that's why yes. Caliban have lasted, because you guys have been willing to uh, be an artist and test yourself and test your limits. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. And we always uh, wanted to do this. You know, other bands, of course, they are not existing anymore. But maybe they hadn't this focus on it like mm. we have had, have, and still will focusing on. You know, this mm. is what we love and we don't want to give it up. We want to do it as long as there are a few people outside buying albums, coming to shows. We want to do music because nobody of us can like imagine doing something totally different, mm. you know. Now, I just want to talk about one or two things with Gravity and Elements before we talk about the EP and the wine, which got to talk about this wine and EP. Um, Gravity, for me, over the recent albums I said to you earlier, I something about that album, you know, it feels like the most angry, I think, of her Caliban in a long time. Um, what was the band going through in that recording process? Because Gravity... Feels like the pissed offness was up to eleven. Feels like the the gritty, the intensity is up to eleven. It it just feels really balls to the walls heavy on gravity. 
Yeah, we decided on Gravity like to bring more uh, Andy's voice into the uh, chorus as well. You know, when you listen to um, Undying Darkness and Opposite From Within, we had Andy and Dennis singing. Mm. So we had like this angry part, we had this female part, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, Andy was like doing better and better and better with his voice. He became such, such a badass in his voice, you know. And we said, okay, let's try something different. Let's let's try that. Dennis is not singing all the uh, the choruses again and again and again. Let's try something different. Like, don't get this this angry moment in the song, like falling down because uh, Dennis is singing with his beautiful voice again. Let's keep it more like in this aggressive mood. And so we were work, uh, working with Andy's voice a little bit more that he was like not screaming the chorus, but he was kind of screaming it mm -hmm. and singing it. And he was pro suddenly he was doing so well. What we haven't heard of him from him uh, like the, the years before. And we said, okay, this is like sounding insane and so brutal. So let's keep going and let's see how we can arrange this. And yeah, that was the, the, the first step where we were saying like, okay, this is so brutal. Let's keep this going. And this is what, what we have on Elements again. We said, okay, Andy, let's, let's keep Dennis a little bit more away. So you have to sing all that shit now, you know? And yeah, and I, I think... This is like a big step for Caliban as well, because Caliban was like sounding angry, singing, mm -hmm. angry, singing. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the, the biggest step in changing a little bit the style. Mm -hmm. And I think we did well because uh, Andy's voice is insane. I love it. Oh, you have, I think I think his his voice has been you know you can see the maturity in his voice and like you said you can see the development as well. Um, let's talk about how when Elements came out, you guys didn't really it didn't look like you toured much off it. Um, things were starting to go a bit quiet, and then the world went into chaos um, per se is a polite way of putting it. Um, what did the band do? you know, after Elements got released. Why wasn't there heavy touring is the first part of the question. And then the second question, did you think you were ever going to be able to make music again? No, um, we, we, we did Elements and we decided um, to do like in our main market in Europe. Mm. So we did a European run. We, we played a few uh, European festivals, but we were on the road since 2003. And we came to a point that we were like talking about, okay, maybe we mm. keep in a little bit low because we were like burned out in somehow, you know. So we decided like to do elements, not worldwide. We were in Russia, of course, and we were in Europe. And we said and decided after this uh, European run, what we did, um, that we keep it low for uh, 2019 mm. play only a few shows and do something different like to reset your mind and and um, because I, I'm a dad I have a, a son of six years now 
And of course, I was focusing on him and having time with him and being a dad. Yeah, and everybody was a little bit burned out that mm. we said, okay, let's keep it low. And then in 2019, we played only a few shows. And in summertime, we decided, let's, okay, let's do this for a year because we want to do something different and keep that music a little bit away from us. So we decided to play our last show on Mallorca mm. in Spain. Uh, it was like the full metal holiday from the Wacken Foundation. And um, we said, okay, this is like a perfect show to end a season, a 15-year-old season. We said, okay, we play that show. We stay with the band, including our crew, for a week of holiday, just hanging, keep it low, and we take a break for a year. That was what... Well, was our plan. We were like, okay, not playing any show, not going on the road for a year. But our plan, our thing, what we were talking about was like, okay, let's in summertime in 20, let's go to the studio and see what happens. And maybe we can go out on the road in November, December 20. Yes. And everybody knows what, 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 what happened. Mm. Um, so we had this break. Then the uh, corona showed up and we were like, okay, it's not too bad for us because we, we hadn't anything planned. So it's it's not that bad thing. Mm. We said, okay, if, this, uh, if uh, corona is running one year, whatever, we have a break <laughs> anyway. So it's not that bad. But um, yes, but now we are sitting here in end of April and still having uh, corona around us. And yeah. We wanted to be on the road since November or December. And um, yeah, but like, like everybody who's uh, joining uh, the music biz, um, everybody's sitting back home, not doing anything. Yeah, and then we had to check out how can we deal with it and what can we do? So we had a break of one and a half or almost two years we decided, okay, it's like a, a very special time right now. So do something special mm. for the people and show that we are still living, that we are still here after such a long break, you know. So we decided like to do something like this EP Zeitgeister. And it is it is very special because um, it comes out 14th of May. So listeners, 14th of May it comes out and it is eight tracks re-recorded and one new track um in that eight so seven re-recorded yeah the interesting thing about this is that you guys are known for yes you're a german band but all your songs are in english and now you're re-recording them um in german in your native tongue so i mean where's where's the idea for this come from because i think it's very exciting it's a bit unique it is yeah and and it uh, wasn't planned. We we never talked about doing a full German album, never, because it started when we did um, cover field. Mm -hmm. We were uh, covering uh, Sonne from uh, Rammstein, mm -hmm. and we were pretty stoked how this song turned out. Like hearing Andy in his in his uh, native language, with his voice and everything, we were like wow, that sounds great. This is awesome. And a lot of people were like, wow, 
this is so cool to have Caliban singing a German song. Sounds great. Then we were writing uh, I Am Nemesis. Mm -hmm. And we were like, hmm, somehow this, this German lyrics is pretty awesome. So we decided like to record a song like Dein Reich. Mm -hmm. So it's English and German because we were a little bit afraid, like doing a full German song. We said, okay, let's, let's mix it up a little bit and see how it works. And the result was good. It, the people were like, yeah, that's cool. And so we decided for the next album, like uh, to do a full German song. Mm. And then uh, we, we did interviews and stuff and a lot of press were saying, this sounds so awesome. Have you ever thought uh, about like recording a German album? We were like, no, no, no. One song on every album, it's, it's enough. It's, it's cool. We're an English singing band. We, this is what we feel and this is what we like. And um, of course, one German song is cool, but that's it. Yeah, and then we, we came into this pandemic and we were like, okay, we, we want to do something and we, but we need something special because it's a special situation going on. And then Andy and Mark were like chatting and they were like, hey, do you remember this guy from the press, blah, blah, blah. He was like talking about a full German album. And we said, okay, hmm, should we try this? But how should we do this? And we were deciding like not to write own songs. We said, okay, let's do something special. A lot of people are asking for older songs all the time, like the hardcore kids, I want to hear something from band or small boy in a gray heaven, <laughs> blah. And we said, okay, so maybe we should do something with songs we haven't played for 15 years live. So maybe we can put the older songs, kind of hits from the hardcore scene, put them in a new dress, like in, in a more modern Caliban dress, and try to do the English lyrics into German lyrics. Yeah, we were working on it, and Mark was uh, doing the music, and we were like getting the files, listen to it and everything. Um, and we were like, oh, this is sick. Mm. Somehow it feels sick, and it's like really angry. And we said, okay, the German language, of course, isn't that smooth and uh, balancing uh, language sounding like, like the English, you know? German language is always like, bop, 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 <laughs> very rough, like Russian. And we said, okay, this sounds so dirty and so angry when you sing and scream in German. This is insane. Yeah, and we so. It was a process and we said, okay, this is really, really different. And so we decided like to re-record seven songs and wrote one new song. Yeah. That's the reason why we had like the seven archangels in on, yeah. on the Zeitgeister EP cover. But you're right though, it, it, it is interesting. Like you hear the, the re-recording songs, you know that you go, oh, I know this song. But then you hear it with the German touch and gloss over it and you go... I don't think it ever sounded this fucking loud, this ever yeah, angry. Yeah. It really has brought a bit of energy. It's also got to just be exciting for you guys to 
you know, you've taken some time off and there's all this stuff going on, but you're still able to come together and make some music. Yes, it is re-recordings, seven of them, but you're still making music. Like, that's still exciting. Yeah, it wasn't possible, like, to get together and, and write a full album together because you had this uh, lockdowns and everything. So it wasn't possible, like, to proper work on really new stuff like we used to. Hmm. Um, and I think this is like the, the best thing what we could do in these times. And it felt right because it sounds so angry. It's so pissed off, you know. The songs, like the original versions, are still very good and very mm. angry. But I think with the better production, with the German lyrics, it is such a angry Thing. yeah i totally love it totally. i love it and i love the music video you know it's just you know and that's a very simple music video too you know it's not over overly done it's pretty straightforward but it fucking works it works beautifully with the song yeah totally um, i was very happy because um the first video to, for intolerance mm. intolerance uh, I wanted to have something really strong in pictures. I said, okay, I don't want to have like this music videos like we do normally, like a story and a little bit performance. I said, the people haven't heard of us now for one and a half, two years. Let's do not any teasing. That was the first time where we decided not to tease. Oh, there's something coming next week, blah, blah, blah. We were like, no, let's let's do this different, like, boom, mm -hmm. we are here, we are back. That was a, like the slogan, we are back. And we had this angry song with this angry video from all the intolerance around the world. Mm -hmm. Because I was saying, let's go with something really heavy. No band performance, okay, a little bit Andy is in now, but I wanted to have like, big pictures and really rough scenes uh, for all the intolerance uh, around the world. And I think I love this video and I think it's like totally showing what's going on. And it was a very nice, ba bam, mm. Caliban is back. It's, so, it's, <laughs> it's, un, it's unheard of, man. Like I love that, that you did that because that's pretty unheard of nowadays when an album's coming out or a music video is coming out or a single's coming out. There is three weeks of guess what's coming out. Here's the date. Here we go. Um, and in many ways, yeah, that's the tried and tested. But also, I bet you just dropping it like you did also probably brought you as much attention as building it up. Yeah, I, I think that was the the best way. Hmm. Like because we were so silent with our social media and everything, and then it was like, bam, hmm. hello, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was was a good good way and it brought the attention and people were freaking out and we have a really really good response to the videos to both videos intolerance and nichts mm. and i think um yeah i'm happy that people like obviously were waiting for something and um yeah well people still give a, people still give a shit about caliban that's good it's great yeah, 
Ah. Great. I'm 46 years now. <laughs> Still kids are listening to my music. That's awesome. <laughs> um, before we talk about the uh, the wine, last thing with the EP um, or around EP stuff. So with lockdown and there's so many restrictions, you are, guys obviously can't tour and getting together to write is very restrictive. Um, what are you guys thinking of doing if you can't tour for another year to two years are you guys going to try and find a way to write another album maybe going to do another yes, german course. album yeah we we try to do something of course mm. this ep is is good but of course we want to do a, like a full-length album we don't know when because we were talking about uh, like having a full album but without a tour it wouldn't make sense to us because when we drop an album, we want to like go out and play the songs for our people. Now we were like talking about maybe doing a, a streaming show, but I'm not a big fan of streaming shows. I, mm-hmm. I saw a, a, a couple of streaming shows, but I'm not happy with it because I think, okay, I go to YouTube. If I want to see a, a show, a live show from Lamb of God, I, uh, I watch a YouTube clip from Rock am Ring mm. or something, you know, but I don't want to see them uh, like in an empty venue uh, with some cameras playing their songs. And um, but now, of course, I have to change my opinion about it because I see that there is no chance for this year to go out and play shows. So, of course, we have to talk about maybe we should do something like that. Uh, like 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 a streaming show mm-hmm. okay i'm not a big fan of it but maybe uh, at that point i have to step a little bit back and say okay but the kids want to see something mm. probably mm. so we have to think about it but it's not like that we are talking about next month or something uh we were thinking about like maybe in fall or winter to mm. do something but we don't really know right now, mm. but something has to happen, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, like it's just good to see that Caliban still has the motor running. Like that's the most important thing for fans. Um, yes, yes. Now the other, th- the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap things up is the Riesling wine that you've uh, dabbled in. Um, mm-hmm. Now that's now instead of Ziegeist. Uh, hang on, my German's not the best. Sorry. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. So that's Zeitgeist uh-huh. and the EP's Zeitgeister. Uh-huh. Yeah. So is it linked into the EP release? Like what was the go? Um it sold out. Your Facebook showed it you you, you sold it out real quick. Like five hundred yeah, or something. Like in gone. one night. Gone. Yeah, gone. Yeah. Mm. Six PM we dropped it and in the morning the winery was writing an email like it's gone. That's it. <laughs> I said, what the fuck? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You, you know, I'm, I'm living in a wine area, mm-hmm. like Rhein and Moselle. We have like the Riesling wine and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, I love good food. I love wine. When you see my social medias, like every second picture is like food and wine and good stuff. And um, Andy is in wine as well. And we were knowing this winery metzger uh, for a couple of years and we were drinking their wines and um yeah at some point um martin the guy from the winery 
uh, was writing an email that he's like one of the biggest Caliban fans ever, blah, blah, blah. And so we got in touch and we were talking and we were thinking about, and I was like, yeah, I really love it, uh, wine, and your wine is also very good. And he was like, what do you think about like working together and create something for you guys? And I was like, yes, that was would be like insane. But I said, okay, maybe this takes an, a year to plan, to do, and whatever. And he said, no, let's, let, let's keep going. Let's do this. Let's talk about what we can do. And so we did this whole thing like in five months, I guess, or in four months. So he said, okay, we have like this Riesling coming up 2020. Um, and we were like trying this and we were saying, oh no, it has a little bit more fruit, a, bit, a little bit more that and keep it uh, in this level. And for me, it was uh, very uh, important to have a, a Riesling mm -hmm. because this winery is at the Rhine River. I live at the Rhine River. This area is Riesling. Mm -hmm. I know Riesling is not very easy to handle for, uh, for people who are not really into wine. So maybe should I do a, a Pinot Noir or a Pinot Blanc, for example? It would be a little bit more easy for the people. But I said, no, no, it don't have to be for every people. You know, it's a Riesling. It's for people who enjoy wine and have a little bit knowledge about it. So um, let's do this. And then we decided, like um, Andy and I, we said, okay, how can we name this Riesling? And we said, okay, Zeitgeister is a very nice word, but just keep it a little, little bit more simple and call it Zeitgeist, you know? And yeah. And so this baby was born and we were like uh, at the winery twice and we're drinking and, and seeing what's going on. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah, it turned out great. And mm. you see what happened, you know. Mm. We were like uh, dropping it at 6 p.m. and the other day it was gone. And yeah. now we are there with no wine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Did you at least get a bottle? Yeah, I have 40 bottles. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, I'm fine for the, for the summertime, but I, of course I have some to, to get some friends and stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I love it. Um, will you do it again? Yeah. You might do another batch. Are you going to do another one? Oh, we don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I do, like for two days now, I'm getting mails and Andy as well and Caliban as well. Like, oh, we didn't get a bottle. We wanted to order. And oh, no, I'm, I'm so slow, blah, blah, blah. Now we are talking about like let's let's see maybe we can do another batch Oof. like in the next three or four weeks. I mean, soon soon you're gonna one day you get back out on tour and instead of you know t-shirts at the desk you're gonna have wine. Wine, yeah. yeah. But but that's but that's adult life. That's the way it should be. Why why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Now, Patrick. Yeah. We are going to finish the same way everyone has done this show. Okay. This is called okay. Pick Your Poison. Ooh. 
Sounds, sounds spicy, doesn't it? Pick your poison. Now, Pick my poison. I got the paper out. We're getting serious. Now, what happens? I give you two options. You pick your favorite of the two. You don't need okay. to justify your answer. But basically, I'm looking to, if I'm going to hang out with you for the day, what are we going to get up to kind of thing? Um, mm -hmm. Are you a pizza or a burger man? Burger. Chicken or beef? Beef. Beer or whiskey? I'm a beer drinker, mm -hmm. but I collect single malt scotch whiskey. So um, if you would hang out with me, we will have beers until we and then we have <laughs> little bit to finish Ooh. a little bit whiskey Ooh. and go to bed. Um, <laughs> smooth peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter? I'm not really into peanut butter. This is Germany. We don't eat that. You don't eat peanut butter? No. What? No. <laughs> what do you have on toast? <laughs> butter and, I don't know, cheese or <laughs> something. <laughs> but no peanut. Okay. No peanut butter. And when I was in Australia on tour, uh, I was uh, in the States. Everybody was like peanut butter. And I said, what the fuck? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Um, Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Indian. Ooh. Um, taco or nacho? Okay, that's not that popular in Germany as well, but um, I love to go to Taco Bell in the States where we were on tour. <laughs> Um, so tacos, Taco. uh, cook at home or go to a restaurant. Um, both, but going to a restaurant, I prefer, but um, I, I think uh, my cooking is pretty okay. And I love like being in the kitchen with my girlfriend, like chatting about the day, having a glass of wine and like cook together. This is a, a very, very nice thing to do. Mm. Like, in the end of the day, you know. Um, see a movie at the cinema or watch it at home on the couch? Couch. Um, cat or dog? Dog. Yes. Um, yes. Beach or snow? Uh, beach. <laughs> I'm not a s snowman. No, no, no. I, I, I like the sun. I'm pretty happy that the weather is turning uh, better now. And, um, yeah. Beach and sun and blue sky. Uh, Terminator or Predator? Predator. Ooh. Rambo or Rocky? Rambo. Freddy or Jason? <sighs> Jason. Star Wars or Star Trek? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> of course, Star Wars. <laughs> God. <laughs> Look at this. <gasps> Ooh. My pillow. Yes. <laughs> um, Lord of Rings or Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. Slayer or Pantera? Whoa. 
That's not fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Slay terror. Slay terror. Well said. <laughs> well <Yeah>. said. <laughs> um, Metallica or Megadeth? Uh, yeah, Metallica. Okay. Um, terror or Madball? Madball. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, yeah. Cannibal Corpse or Black Dahlia Murder? Um, Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Darkest Hour or God Forbid? I love both. I know I was on tour with both of them and God Forbid. Oh, we did a very nice uh, US run together. That was like where we had the chance to play CBGBs in New York City. Ooh. Like the last time before it was closed. Mm. Um, Music-wise, I love Darkest Hour, but I decide, God forbid, because, mm. yeah, we had good moments together. Um, Slipknot or Machine Head? Machine Head. Agnostic Front or Sick of It All? Agnostic front. Nice. We're not good friends. We're sick of it all. So, <laughs> you, hang on. you said that in a very. So, uh... Yeah, I don't know. We had a, a big discussion like in 2003 or 2004 because uh, of the Wall of Death. They mm. were, were, were very angry because we were doing a Wall of Death and they were saying, like, no, we uh, invented it, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to do it. Their tour manager showed up at a festival and said, you don't have to do like uh, the wall of death tonight because they go at all are playing as well. And it's their thing. We what? were like, fuck you. No, we are doing it for years now, of course. And no fucking sick of it all is showing up and uh, like yelling at us. You don't have to do, uh, you're not allowed to do uh, wall of death. We were like, no. And since that time, we are not like the best friends. <laughs> Not surprised. I didn't. I didn't know there was such a thing yeah. where someone owned a wall of death. I just thought it was yes. a, anyone yeah. could do the wall of death. Yeah, yeah. But I totally remember the show. Yeah, <sighs> it was like in Spain, a festival in Spain, Fury Fest in Madrid. Yeah, and it was like like tour managing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, let's imagine shows are back. Do you want stage dives to happen or mic grabs? What is mind grab? A mic grab. I'm going to give you the uh, mic. Uh, mic. Mic. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, when I go out with uh, the EP, I want to have mic grab yeah, because yeah, yeah. I want to see the people screaming intolerance in this in... microphone. Yeah. Um, okay. You're going to go to a show. Are you going to watch it from the middle of the mosh pit or by the sound desk? Um, I'm 46, sound desk. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. Um, Now, the next one, which is the second last one, you need one to go with the other, but let's imagine they live on their own. Would you rather tour for the rest of your life or record music for the rest of your life? Touring. Mm. Now, last one. Now, I know, for anyone listening, Patrick loves his vinyl. Right, he is a vinyl man. So, this last one is normally a triple ma- triple question. The last question I usually say to everyone: Would you rather have your favorite album on CD, vinyl, or on your phone? But I'm going to say to you, 
Do you want your favorite album on vinyl, vinyl, or vinyl? Um, I decide B. Vinyl. Vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that was, that was amazing. Like, um, really in depth, really enjoyable. Um, loved it. Like, really appreciate it as a, as a big. Me too. Thank you for having me. Look, as a, as a big fan, um, it ticked a a bucket list moment for me. Um, That's awesome. Thank you. One question I have is when are you getting back to Australia? Ever? Like. We would love to, you know, but the offers are not good enough to, uh, yeah, to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's really bad because I enjoyed the two tours we did in Australia with Megadeth and like with uh, Soulfly and the headline shows we did. I really, really loved it. But yeah, for some reason, the way is too far away, and there are mm. the promoters are not really like, yeah, we we can't afford it. You know, I would come and play for like none, but we have to 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 fix our costs and everything. But if this is not possible, it's not possible to go down under mm. again. So maybe when some promoters or booking agency is listening to this podcast, maybe mm. they said, okay, let's bring Caliban back down under and we are totally into it if this would happen. It's overdue. It's overdue, man. Um, definitely overdue. But look, you have made me very happy. Um, I'm over the moon. Really appreciate this. Um, Thank you. I'm going to stay in touch. Now we're Facebook friends. I get to annoy you for the rest yes. of your life. Exactly. Um, um, look, down the line, when you guys release anything new, um, whenever that may be, let's do a part two. Let's do another one. Of course. Yeah. I'm totally into it. I'm here. Lovely. Um, right. Thank you. Sweet. You have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you very much. Take care. Uh, peace, Patrick. Thank you. Let's go,
So that was my chat with Patrick of Caliban. And at the end there, the first track you heard was Niche, which is from the upcoming EP titled Zeitgeister, which gets released May 14th. Second track was Paralyzed. That's from the release titled Gravity. Third track was The Degeneration of Humanity, which is from their album Say Hello to Tragedy. The last track was Certainly Corpses Bleed Cold, which is from the band's album The Opposite From Within. Now's the part of the show where I spark that thing inside you to support the band that's been on the show. So if you enjoyed the conversation or you enjoyed the music at the end there, now's your chance. Jump online, stream it, download it, consume the fuck out of this extensive, deep discography. If you're into physicals, make sure you jump online, get yourself a CD, get yourself a vinyl. And lastly, if you're into merch, get yourself a shirt, a hoodie, or some moss shorts. I need to take this moment to thank Patrick again. Thank you so very, very, very much, dude, for taking time out for me and the mosh zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. And that's it. That's the mosh zone episode 159. Done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget... You can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.